Welcome to the acclaimed podcast, Deep Dive with Andy and the White Whale. Welcome to the Deep Dive, AFC West edition of the Division Preview Series. Andy, are you fired up for this one? Yeah, I think this is a a fun hot button one. There's a lot of Chiefs fans out there. I'm sure there's a couple LA Charger fans somewhere. Maybe they're still hanging on down there in San Diego. And shit, there's plenty, plenty to be talked about, which in Oakland, maybe we'll just skip some of that. Just watch Hard Knocks instead. The drama is real down there, man. I don't no, get I it. don't even know if we'll get into <laughs> too much of that. Like, because that's, I've heard enough about that almost at this point. But, uh, I guess you know, as is as is usual, we'll start at the top. Looks like the best record in the division was the Chargers and the Chiefs. That's not true. <laughs> it is, I know tiebreak. It is true. They it had was? the same record. They had oh, the same record. They did? Surprise! Yes, this is no. So the tiebreaker obviously went to the Chiefs. The Chiefs did not go in as wild card, but this was one of those things that slips your mind as you go all the way from December when the season ends until here we are in late August. They were both twelve and four. Wow! There was a tiebreaker, obviously that the Chargers lost. I'm not even a hundred percent sure what it was, but uh, yeah, they were both twelve and four teams. It probably and, came down to division record, and the Chargers lost that stupid game to Denver. Like, didn't yeah. they blow some absolute ass nine game to Denver? I want to. I want to say it was that they lost twenty three twenty two at home. At quite, yes, at quote unquote home yes. <laughs> to Denver. That was so, a bad loss. Um, okay. So even though even though the Chargers are good, we will start with the Chiefs because technically they won the division. <laughs> like I say, technically they did win the division. Them's the rules. They were, they were the one team. team. <laughs> yep, they were the one seed. Imagine and, uh, yeah, losing a tiebreaker to the one seed and then having to be a wild card instead. As so. you think back to last year in the AFC, do you think that's fair? Do you think they were the best team in the regular season in the AFC? Yeah. I mean, that what Andy Reid did and the pieces they had around, just the, the pieces they had around Mahomes, it was fun. Like, even even for me, who wasn't totally sold on him at the beginning of the year, I you know, try to keep an open mind, try to not dig in too hard on my takes if I'm dead wrong. And I mean, obviously anything negative I said about Mahomes at the beginning of the year wasn't wasn't right. He was pretty good. Won the MVP, couple uh what, fifty fifty touchdowns. He was actually pretty low on interceptions too. So it's that team was good. They had crazy speed all over. They actually, you know, they talk about a shitty defense. They actually had a really good pass rush. They had a couple good pieces. You can't have, I mean, you can't have all pros in every level of both sides of the ball. So the, the defense was a little shaky at times and that cost them a couple games, most notably, I mean, Tom Brady stepped onto the field there and just, I, mean, I don't know how much you doubted him. I didn't doubt him. In the, well, in I the doubted AFC the title team game. around him. I, I, I didn't. Him in that spot. I, mean, I thought a, they were going to look better at home. Well, yeah. I mean, but at, at the end, at the end of that game, with a a bad defense like that, Tom Brady and the gang in late season form, we just I, I didn't feel good about Casey getting it done yeah, there. No, so. that no, we we agree on that. We agree on that. And you know, I mean, this is actually kind of this is opening uh, some wounds that I really hadn't dealt with. I really haven't kind of gotten <laughs> over a lot of my uh, 
a lot of my kind of ill will towards the Chiefs blowing that game. Um, they were the deeper team. They were the more complete team. Uh, they had the better offense by far heading into that. Uh, and they had a poor game plan in that AFC title game. I think, you know, what we learned from the AFC, from the regular season game between the Chiefs and the Patriots, which was what, like 43-40? It was something incredible like that. And it was in Foxborough and it was in the regular season. It was a primetime game. It was very memorable, very good game. Um, was it the Chiefs' first loss? No, I'm not kidding, man. Um, but uh, whatever the case was, it was a, it was a, it was very clear that uh, the Patriots were going to try to take advantage of their strength in the running game versus the Chiefs' inability to stop the run, uh, and that's kind of goes back to what I think is one of the few truths in football that hasn't been disproven by analytics, which is the best way to keep. Uh, an absolutely generational offense from beating you is to keep them off the field, right? Like yeah. that's actually an effective way to deal with um, an all-time offense like the Chiefs. Um, the Chiefs, I mean, we we, we kind of forget, like because we. I mean, I, at least I, I, I'll I'll say I was not specifically expecting them to come into last season and be as absolutely world-beating as they were on offense. Um, and kind of because I wasn't expecting it, I almost feel like I'm misremembering or downgrading like how spectacular that offense was. Like they were, you know, that, that was what like a top five offense all time. Oh, I mean, it was a bottom five offense if you want to go off a time of possession, which is just another fun. <laughs> that's another fun analytics one. They oh, hit you got to home runs in any other offense. You got to control history. the clock. You got to control the ball. <laughs> Not really. Or yeah, they average touchdowns at will. <laughs> yeah, they were twenty. Yeah, twenty seventh in the league time of possession. They were. They had a lot of big hits. Um, you want to hear a weird one about Mahomes? Yeah, they have a shitload of just fun facts and stats for this one. You know, people think big arm, big accurate arm, deep passer. He was like twenty eighth in the league as far as I gotta find that one. Twenty eighth, I think, as far as like uh, yards in the air. Oh whoa, you're kidding? Yeah, I mean, well, just think about we talked about this so many. Yeah, Mahomes ranked twenty eighth in percentage of his total passing yards through the air. We talk about the weapons. We talked about the weapons all last year. We talked about the scheme. I don't want to take anything away from Patrick Mahomes, but he was great. He was very, very good. But what made him great was the weapons around him. I mean, those guys were constantly, you, you were getting people out of the backfield and just little bubble screens or sure. little slots, you know, slants, things across, uh, coming out of the slot. When, when a guy has the speed and skill to take that, you know, little five-yard, you know, crossing route, and take it 30 yards down the field. Everything's going to look better. Everything's going to get pumped up. The offense is going to move. And they were, and I mean, just, he was so good under pressure. We we see so much of that now, especially this week on Twitter. It's it's a good time to bring it up as we see kind of the, oh, what do you want to call it? The, um, just basically an article, but it's it's it was a really well-researched article and there was a lot of good stats to back it oh, up yeah. as far quarterbacks, as this, uh, quarterbacks. quarterbacks yeah, yeah. The, the sack being more indicative of your quarterback's play than your offensive line play, and I mean that it's. I'm a believer. I bought into that. That's a really good article. We should link to that because everybody should read that. It's, it's yeah. super interesting. And yeah, he was he was 
he was pressured a lot. Not not you know super high, but thirty percent of throws, and uh, thirty percent. He had like a hundred and twenty five uh, point passer rating when he was blitzed. Unreal. Like if if you have a guy who's great under pressure, not giving up sacks, it doesn't matter what the defense throws at him. I mean, and that's the thing about blitzing. When you're blitzing, you're bringing extra defenders, and a guy with an accurate arm with stupid weapons and a great scheme. I mean, as it turns out, blitzing was minus EV against the against the Chiefs last year. I don't know if maybe people will adjust to that. If we know, that's the thing. If we know these stats, there's at least some of the smarter coaches know these stats so it'll be interesting to see if uh if there's more kind of more of a uh, maybe a little bit of a chess game when it comes to not blitzing Patrick Mahomes maybe playing playing seven uh seven D-backs instead well let's let's do a little more Patrick Mahomes deep dive then because it's worth it he's our reigning MVP He's, I mean, and and he put up such a spectacular statistical season last year that it's like it's tough to wrap your head around it, given it was the very first year we've ever seen him as a starting quarterback. Um, I agree with your general take, which is that his weapons were spectacular and that that was an enormous part of his success. I think you put him on any other team without that dynamic a set of weapons and it, and, and a set of weapons that really complemented each other on top of complemented Patrick Mahomes's principal strengths, right? Like it was, it was exactly the right compliment, right? Like it's like when you make a freaking stew and you get exact, all of the spices and seasoning is exactly right. And it's that much better, right? Like that was kind of the mixture that they had on offense last year. And I get what you're saying about the air yards. Like it's interesting that his air yard percentage was low, but I think that's a little misleading. I think um, that just implies you know, and because he had a shitload of yards anyway. No, and that's right? the thing. It's a percentage of it is a percentage of his yeah. total yards. So but it's a yeah. It just his, his, he's not throwing the show. bomb. Right, yeah. right, right. It's not like he was throwing the bomb and the guy got caught and got tackled. Like it was a combination of he was gaining yards through the air with deep depth of target. Because because I, I would bet that his average depth of target was at the highest end of um, of quarterbacks in the league. Because on it, you know, he was he was taking shots. And it wasn't even like they were getting getting you know getting yards through pass interference and things like that. Like Tyreek Hill was getting wide freaking open downhill because he's that fast and he, they were running that unique routes. Um, but you know, guys like Hill were getting twenty and thirty yards after the catch routinely. Guys like Kelsey were monsters after the catch, impossible to tackle. Guys like Kareem Hunt, who's no longer on the team, but. You know, the guys that they've slotted him as a replacement for Hunt have been spectacular as well. So, you know, they they have a very, very, you know, f- complete set of weapons around Mahomes. Um, and, yeah, how do you stop this guy besides keeping him off the field? It's not obvious. And blitzing didn't work, for sure. But the Patriots put a little bit of a blueprint together. Do you know where I'm going with this? Yeah. So what did they do? And did you tell me if you have a different take here? Because I'm going to outlay my, 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 my thinking on this. All right, lay it out. The Patriots contained him. Okay? When you put Mahomes under pressure, one of the reasons he was so good under pressure is because he's a phenomenal athlete. He's fast. He's elusive. He was able to give up five, eight yards running backwards and around. to a, you know, He had good escapability, right? And he was able to extend plays that way. And when you have that good weapons running around dangerously and you can't bring the quarterback down, you're in deep freaking trouble. And in the Patriots, what they did 
was rather than blitzing, they they used relatively standard pressure packages, but they concentrated on the outside and they concentrated on specific rushing techniques where when they were generating pressure, they were keeping him contained in the pocket. And so rather than being able to roll out, rather than having his kind of safety blanket comfort of, you know, the bootleg type of, um, you know, the type of, um, you know, play design, like he was contained and he was forced to try to make and read in the pocket, which narrowed his, you know, his window of throws to the middle of the field. And rather than throw interceptions, a lot of times he was throwing it away or he was, you know, he was checking down. Right. And so that, that was kind of their fundamental, you know, simple contain him and for, make, you know, force him to read through his progressions. And, you know, hopefully there wasn't a player on the field in the middle of the field, wide open that he could, that he could you know, destroy you with. Is that about what you remember? Yeah. Not, I mean, not only can I buy into that, I can buy into teams this year using that blueprint or using that general philosophy because they do have a stupid tough schedule. It's no matter what ranking you, you know, different people have different rankings for strength of schedule, no matter what it's top five, as far as what I've seen. And there are a ton, there are a ton of good defenses you're going to have to play. So if, uh, if people can mimic that and they can kind of, you know, it's one of those things, like you said, not not only just on the play, as far as the edges contain, it's what you got to do as a whole, like contain that offense. You can't, there's just not a lot of teams that are going to go up and down the field with them. And they're like, you know, we, we held them to 35. So we, we, we needed to score 42. <laughs> you know, you're going to have to hold this team to like 27, 28, because it's, I mean, not everybody has that prolific offense that can just drop 35 on the regular. Right. So when you look C- at contain, their schedule, you know, containing, yeah, the schedule is, the are, schedule you, is are you looking at it? Are you looking at yes. it? Do you see any teams on there that have, coverage cornerbacks that can match up with Tyreek Hill because Tyreek Hill's biggest strength and and really I I, honestly like I kind of want to pick a little bit at Mahomes's game and say we don't really know how accurate he is with the deep ball because he was throwing to wide freaking open guys so often like yeah he's got a strong as shit arm like he's not limited by how far he could throw it but you know, we don't, we haven't really seen him hit tight windows deep down the field because Tyree Kill on average had like five yards of separation every time he was targeted. So, like, but are, do you see cornerbacks on, on their schedule that can match up one on one with Tyreek? I mean, just week one, <laughs> right out the gate. You got Jacksonville, if I'm looking at this right. The best guy. Yeah. Maybe the Tyree. best guys. Two, two yeah. of them. Yeah. Yeah, they actually, yeah, Abouye and... Uh, Abouye, yeah, yeah, Abouye and uh, Ramsey, yeah. yeah. Right, right away, Jacksonville, Minnesota, Rhodes, Denver, just overall solid defense. Indy has... Uh, what's, the kid, what's the guy's name up in Indy that uh, I'm spacing on right now? I can't remember. Um, uh, well, no, the, the corner... I'm not so worried. Yeah, the, the corners, corners aren't great. Yeah, Malik Hooker is good. Yeah, he can force turnovers. Great safety. Yeah, he he um, matches... Like, okay, so he, like a guy like Malik Hooker matches up really well with, with like... Um, yes. You know, like uh, uh, Kelsey, right? Like, you know, but but you have to have a guy that matches up with Kelsey and a guy that matches up with Hill and, you know, and a way to, to rush the passer. 
And those three things are really, really tough to come by. Yeah, and with the Patriots, the pass rush isn't there, but like, you know, Gilmore, McCordy's, Chung, and their linebackers, I don't mind that matchup. Um, Denver, I mean, how do you, we'll, we'll get to Denver here as we go to. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Like Callahan's a, Callahan's a slot guy too. They have a good pass rush. I mean, it's, it does take, it does take a lot to have that full combination on the defense to, to fully match up and slow down this offense. Minnesota, if they get their shit together, Rhodes and McKenzie. Yeah, and on the pass rush, they have good linebackers. Um, Houston, if they bring everybody back, what do we think of their coverage guys? Poor. Maybe not. Yeah, it's uh, Joseph Roby. Yeah, ish. They but might you, I, the, no, I get, they I'm might, looking just looking up and down though. You're right. This is a tough slate of defenses throughout the Raiders. Oh, for throughout, sure. Throughout the Raiders, throughout Baltimore. the Texans, um, the rest of these defenses are tough, um, and they match up fairly well. You're right. It's true. The chart and you know and you know we'll get to the Chargers a little bit as well. Like if they don't get Derwin James back for that Week Eleven match, then that obviously that sucks. They're going to be screwed. But um, but the Chargers match up well with them for sure. The Patriots, Packers have you know good young fast defense, especially the secondary. Bears absolutely dynamic playmakers in their secondary. Ravens we've already talked about. Yeah, no, there's some very, very tough tests on on this uh, slate for them for the past defense. So with all that said, um, Patrick Mahomes still may be a generational passer. He's still pretty solidly in the top five of quarterbacks. If I'm starting my team this season and I want to win a Super Bowl this year, Patrick Patrick Mahomes clearly in my top five. Would you agree? Yeah, I, I tried to find some nitpicks for him, but shit, he's just good at everything. Uh, his, I mean, his third down stuff, he has like a 49% first down rate, it says, and 7.9 yards per attempt, or 9.7 yards per attempt. Those both lead the league. I mean, if you've got a guy who's killing it everywhere else and then he has, you know, league-leading third down numbers, your offense is not going to come off the field. Like you said, you know, as far as counteracting them, you need to get them off the field. If if Mahomes is having super sick third down numbers, that's going to be a super big problem. The, the only big nitpick I was able to find, I guess as far as the team, they did lead the league in penalties, which he can't have everything, I guess. But uh, Mahomes <laughs> did have, he only threw 12 picks, but he did have 10 passes that were dropped by defenders. Mm, which okay. even, let's say every one of those was caught. He's Which, still yeah, that's not the year. regression. That's still 50 and 22. I can live with 22 if, if he's going to throw 50 <laughs> touchdowns. So I, I feel like there'll be some regression there. He will throw more interceptions. And just by way of throwing more interceptions, he's going to have fewer touchdowns if that happens. You'll, just, you'll have fewer drives, fewer opportunities. So I think you see a little regression there. But we talked about this. Even if it's like a 20% regression on both sides of this, if he goes from 50 to 40 touchdowns, a 40 touchdown seasons, that, I mean, awesome. that's still, yeah. that's still that's awesome. awesome. <laughs> yeah. It still wins you double digit games. <laughs> for oh, sure. yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Okay. So we agree. I mean, we don't, there's not, I mean, short of just flat out qualifying, you know, take, taking a not hard leap. The last season was an outlier performance from the quarterback position all time. And that regression is inevitable, even if he is a generational top five quarterback, absolute stud, which all of those can be true. 
Um, I think we got, um, I think we got the uh, the makings here for an offense that is still going to be in the top five of the league pretty clearly, um, which means you have to outscore them to beat them. Yeah. Which and, and you know what their weakness is on defense? Pass I mean, coverage. No, essentially the run defense was worse last year. It was worse. And yeah. but but what are you, are you running the ball when you're down by two scores in the third quarter? Uh, yeah, like, it's true. it's it's one of those things where their run defense was not good, but the fact that teams had to pass a lot, especially in the second half, it kind of almost negates a weakness. Another one just. You know, by by way of the offense being good, and uh, I guess they they added Honey Badger, but they lost some pieces. I'm not really sure. I, I could see the defense being worse. They lost some key pieces, kind of in their strength, and I don't know if they added enough. They drafted. I mean, they drafted a couple offensive players too. As far as players added. I mean, they brought in Damian Wilson at linebacker and Darren Lee, and then obviously Tyron Matthew. But I, I'm not, I'm not super sold on like the defense improving. If it does improve, it'll probably be maybe scheme as far as bringing in a new defensive coordinator, Bob Sutton. It's it's funny like to fire. I guess teams have even fired head coaches on great seasons, but to have that great of a season and and then uh, get rid of a coordinator. But uh, what are you going to do when that was clearly, you know, clearly a problem? Yep. Yeah. No, he's, uh, it was, it was, it, it would have to be assumed addition by subtraction moving on from that defensive coordinator. But they still don't have the talent to really do a decent job of shutting down opposing passing offenses, in my opinion, which means other teams that can pass will always be in the game. Does that make sense? Yeah, if you have any sort of semblance of a defense that can slow down the offense and you have a, a decent pass offense, you can hang with this team. We've seen a bunch of games, not a bunch, I don't want to say a bunch, but we've seen a few games like that. The, the Rams game sticks out, the Patriots matchups. Like, it, If you have a team that can hang with it, it, not only does that team have a chance, but you have yourself a very entertaining game to watch. Those were... Those are super memorable games. Those are some of the most fun games probably we had all year, maybe in a couple of years. It's true. I will. Okay. So let's, let's coalesce all this into then some understanding of their win total. Um, <clears throat> I came into this season wanting to buy more into the regression is going to happen for those reasons. We have, you know, the, the someone else is going to take the throne from them. It most logically is the Chargers because the Chargers are a very complete team top to bottom. Um, but over the course of the you know month and change we've been preparing for this season now, I, the more and more I think about the Chiefs, the less and less I can convince myself that they're truly a team that I want to be on the side of fading this season. Um, they're you know they have experience. They have some. They have some legitimate. Um, playoff experience now. They got a playoff home win. They have a schedule that, while it is does have some difficulty, especially compared to how easy their schedule was last year, I still don't know that I see that much of a step back from 12 and 4. Um, their Pythag win last year was 11.6, so they didn't super overachieve. 
Um, they adjusted their win total down one and a half from the 12 wins they had last year, opening it at 10 and a half. It's been bet down now to 10 and a half, where if you want to get over 10 and a half, you can get it for pretty much even juice. Um, you know, this is, this feels like a reasonable number. And if anything, at this point, I think I'm leaning over. Where are you at on the Chiefs? My favorite number, and this will probably bite me because I was so low on him last year and now I'm going to bet on him. But if you think Mahomes' regression will happen, but you're not convinced it's going to be a historic regression to the mean, his passing touchdown totals 36 and a half. What? No. Yeah. Yep, 15 cents of juice on either side. So it's a little, little extra what? juice, but uh, I mean, I can see him taking a step back, but and these are tough defenses. It is going to be a tough year, but that's still, I mean, that's still like 2.2 a game. I don't what? know. It, it, seems, it seems like a really big swing. The passing And the passing yards is set at like 4,600. So I don't, and you know, like you say, 37 touchdowns is a lot. But the way this offense is set up, and honestly, the way the defense will be set up, they're not a team that's going to, you know, get up twenty-one nothing and and run the rest of the game out. Like I don't know, I'm no. thinking like you know no. the Colts playoff game last year, the first rounder. Um, it, it's a team that does kind of need to keep their foot on the gas pedal as their defense gives up score after score. Um, yeah, like I'm not a hundred percent sold on. Obviously, I said it, Spagnola. I'm not. I'm not sold on anything just because of the personnel. He's going to switch the defense to a four-three. I don't I don't know. I gotta dig deeper into the personnel a little. I, I still think the defense is going to regress positively, but not enough to to make it even a league average defense. And the offense is gonna have to take a heavy load again. Thirty six and a half feels low. It feels super chalky, super public. But in what in what world would you have guessed? 36 and a half. I should have had to guess. You I would said have like 41 42. probably. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I probably would have said 41 or 42. Yeah. Yeah. That feels dumb. That feels low. I think that's a safer bet than, you know, 11 wins. 11 feels like it pushes a lot. And yeah, uh, that's true. But I'm and, looking at 10, I'm looking at 10 and a half plus 100. Is this a 10 win team, really? Like they're fucking good. And they're good exactly where you want to be good right now in the NFL. Like literally, like. I mean, obviously, the Patriots are the are the gold standard in terms of telling us how to run an organization from a plus EV standpoint. But if you're telling me I can only have one offense for the next three years in the NFL, I'm taking the Chiefs. Like, they are yeah. doing everything right. And they are fucking amazing. Um, I don't know. I just don't know if this is a 10-win team. And you well, know, that's where I, I could see it being a 10-win team where he throws 44 touchdowns. If, okay. if well, the yeah, defense yeah, yeah, is that yeah, struggle, yeah. that's where I feel like I'm. I feel safer over there. If you I and I mean, there's still reasonable numbers on them. Just because, and we'll get to them. We'll get to them probably right now. We're about time to move on, but they have reasonable numbers to win the AFC West. It's not super juicy, even though they are a Super Bowl favorite. The Chargers are well respected enough, and if you believe in this team, and you're still not sold on the Chargers staying healthy and being, you know. Uh, a repeat of last year, you can get to win the AFC West at a pretty reasonable price, minus 130, minus 140, something like that. Um, 
and even just to win the AFC is three or four to one. So there's a lot of ways to attack the team. But if they I win like ten, if they win ten, games. if they only win ten games, though, they're probably not winning the West, right? Well, that's what I'm saying. If somebody has more faith in the defense than me, hmm. okay. Well, let's move down then. Uh, see if we can kind of hash some sense here and and talk a little bit about these. Sad, sad Los Angeles Chargers who have already lost their most impactful player on defense for what three, four weeks here. I mean, three, four months here. Like this sucks. Like, I, like I, I really wanted to buy into this team as this is their year. Um, if you had asked me in my temperature on every team in the NFL in May, I would have been the warmest on the Chargers because I was like, this roster is complete from top to bottom. Chiefs are gonna regress. They're not gonna have Tyreek Hill for half the season. Uh, you know, here we sit now on the eve of the NFL season starting, and oh, by the way, Tyreek Hill is going to start all 16 games, and Derwin James is going to miss half the year or more, right? Like this, this is quite quite a, a turn here, and the market hasn't really reflected it very well, I don't think. Um, I would, and, th- and this is kind of what's leading me to: there's some value on the Chiefs somewhere. Um, you know, there's been a little bit of buyback um, on the Chiefs since the Tyreek Hill. Uh, will play news. I think he is that that important and that impactful for this offense that I truly do upgrade them substantially with him out there for 16 games. Um, and same with the Chargers. I downgrade this defense with Derwin James out for a substantial portion of this season. Um, Philip Rivers has been around for a very long time. He's a very accomplished quarterback. He had a weird pattern last year that took them, you know, that that put their their team under pressure where he was turning the ball over on in a lot of first quarters. You remember that? Yeah. What was up with that? <laughs> you heard anyone really kind of dig into that? Like what the fuck he was doing? Like what? Like usually like you're you're turning the ball over when you're down late and you're you're you know you're you're trying to make a you know a miracle comeback or something like that. It's it's usually not like, oh, we're gonna, you know, just be sloppy early because we know we're a good enough team they, to come back. Yeah. Like well, they were a really slow starting team. Really I, I did it, it was odd. Just with the the way and you know if we want to go and just let's let's compare them everything we just said about Kansas City let's try to you know copy and paste that onto the onto the Chargers they will have a good offense if the honestly even if if Gordon doesn't I'm not even worried about that Hunter Henry's back Hunter Henry has the opportunity to be the best tight end in the league like no doubt sure. in my mind yeah they could okay. they could have a great offense. I'm not worried about the defense. I'm not worried about Derwin James. I can't say I'm not worried because like he's super he's a super important piece. He lined up all over the field. He was at corner, slot corner, he was at safety. They do run a lot of dime packages or even more, you know, more D backs than that. So there are a lot of guys that were on the field a lot. They do have a lot of depth. Hopefully that helps. You know, you never want to lose a key piece like that, but if there's any silver lining, I mean, a lot of guys got time last year. Hopefully, hopefully that helps. But as far as the offense goes, that's where I'd, I'd hope to concentrate and say Rivers is great. Hunter Henry's great. Keenan Allen, obviously a stud. They have a couple good running backs. They actually have a decent offensive line. But man, the coaching's just holding them back. It feels yeah. like everything we said about maybe, you know, maybe about Minnesota kind of kind of applies here and we talk we talked about play sequencing a couple times and maybe we didn't get in depth with it but it's just basically let's say you're taking fourth down as a punt or a field goal attempt perhaps it's your first three plays especially 
what are you doing as far as running or passing? And they, if you go run, run, pass, first, second, third down. Yeah, you should be fired into the sun. That's the worst. They did that the fourth most last year, 20% of the time. And obviously they had a very low, below average success rate. Their EPA was garbage. Run, run, pass (laughs) usually equals run, run, pass, punt. And I mean, and that's on the coaching. That's on, I mean, what what the, wasn't on? Yeah. Yeah. Don't love him. And then if you go up to, and then head coaching, they were, oh God, where was this? I found this. I think this was in Football Outsiders. Least aggressive head coach as far as fourth downs. There was 90 opportunities, according to the according to this, where he had an, a chance to make an aggressive call. You know, they they throw out fourth downs where there's, you know, you, you should not be going for it. So yeah, yeah. You take out the obvious catch-up situations. How many times on fourth down where he should have been aggressive, could have been aggressive, do you think he pulled the trigger? Out of 90? Out of 90. Um, 15. Four. What? Oh yes. Shit. All of them were on fourth and one. He never went oh. he never went for it on anything more than that as far as you know, except for obvious catch up situations. I mean the, I, I, don't, I don't know how the score works, but the way uh, his score works, it's like a you know, of magnitudes of uh, power of magnitude there. Uh the average coach was twice as likely to go for it on a fourth down as Anthony Lynn. Oh Lindley's. my gosh. Okay. And just everything we've learned about the aggress how you do need to be aggressive in game situations and take advantage they of that. Keep tests. your offense and you know, keep this offense on the field. They're failing that test. They're failing the play sequencing test. And uh, you know, going back to the play sequencing, they face seven point four yards to go on third down. Oh. That I mean, Christ that, that wasn't, and that's not, that's not like bottom of the league, but that's not what you can have. I mean, and somehow they managed to win 12 games. Right. Cause that the was, Eagles are like, at, what, like four or five. I mean, like, yeah. you know, like the teams that are sequencing correctly are, you know, are, are dealing with much, much higher likelihood of converting the third. Yeah. Uh, it was the second, second worst, um, as far as playoff teams, only ahead of Dallas, who was, you know, as we, surprise, we've seen surprise. with a, uh, kind of a surprise playoff team with uh, a super weird Pythag, barely outscored their opponents. So and they fired their offensive right. coordinator. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So <laughs> I'm super worried about the Chargers repeating all this. Yeah, I just now. don't. I don't have faith in Wisconsin, <laughs> and, and, and that that's where I'm. I want to be. I want to be high on them. They have the pieces. They have pieces all over the field. They have Bosa and Ingram. Uh, you know, it sucks about Derwin, but he could be back mid-season. Rivers, even at 37, is still a very super good... Super complete, I mean, he's such a super complete, talented roster. Yeah. It's a complete team, but I think the coaching might hold them back. And I'm not I'm not in on them. Like, if I see... Yeah. This, maybe a wait-and-see approach. If we see some of these things early on correcting themselves... We don't know what's going on behind closed doors. That's the tough thing about speculating sure, here. Sure, sure. You know, supposedly these are, again, they, hired, supposedly they made analytical yeah. hires. Supposedly. That's that yeah, that's where I was going with that. If we're reading this stuff in, you know, basic season preview books that we can buy, you know, these analytic guys should know this. If they change some of these things, this team could be tops in the league for sure. Super Bowl contender, absolutely. But if they continue to be very, you know, poor sequencing, poor play calling, long third downs, and not aggressive, 
you're not going to keep the offense on the field enough. And now you're putting out a defense who's missing one of their best players with, and then he got some injury risks on the defense. So uh, I guess the only, the only besides Hunter Henry being back, the only cheerful news, they are facing a below average slate of pass defenses. Oh, as really? far as the schedule goes, so okay. I, I am hopeful for this pass offense. They have good weapons. They signed Dontrell Inman today. So they're they're going to convert all their third and tens. Is what you're telling me? Yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> and and I mean, just as I mean, you, the listener, just I mean, even thinking back as long as you've watched football, like that feeling of dread when when you see them run into the line on second and nine. And knowing just like, fuck, we have third and nine or third and eight again. We're giving the ball back again. Yeah. So, okay. So a couple things. So, you know, I knew, I knew about the lack, the lack of aggressiveness thing. And I had kind of, for whatever reason, as I was kind of mentally building a mental model of this team, like I had kind of thought to myself, well, you know, Anthony Lynn down the stretch, he would, he was aggressive in a couple of random spots and he got rewarded substantially for it. So maybe he changes, right? Like I was kind of like talking myself up on this. Uh, and you know, I, I knew that Philip Rivers has like this absolutely bizarre, bizarre stat line when it comes to converting fourth downs. Like he is the only quarterback in all of you know, all the league that has like a negative yards gained on quarterback sneak on average, like like he's converted like one out of like what four attempts in his entire career or something absolutely stupid like that. Like it's, it's a really bizarre number and a bizarre stat line. Um, Whereas like a guy like Carson Wentz is like 25 of of 28 and like, Philip Rivers is like one for four. Like it's really, really strange. And anyway, I, like, I knew this stuff happened, and but and and I know, you know, if I had to qualify, what is Philip Rivers' strength? Right? Like, what is he good at? Like, why? What makes him a good quarterback? Why would we even consider him like a top ten kind of quarterback? Well, he's good at making that tight, finding at finding a tight window in the intermediate range. 10 to 15 yards down the field. If his guy's got any modicum of separation, he's going to hit him on the nails. Right? Like that's kind of his, uh, his bread and butter in terms of why he's good at the position. And, you know, that doesn't really hold them back if they're, you know, third and long regularly, cause he's going to make a lot of those passes work. Right. And I think, you know, I think if they take any step forward at all, um, you know, that should take some of the load off him trying to, you know, really make those, those passes. And, you know, they, they should have a competitive, good offense. Um, yeah. Still, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm high about, on rivers. Yeah. I don't care how old he is. I'm going to pull this right from Warren Sharp's preview. Um, highest rate of passes, 68.3 since 2013 for Rivers. Most yards per attempt since 2010 at 8.7 and he had the best pass rating of his entire career against the NFL's 10th toughest schedule of pass defenses without Hunter Henry. Mm, okay. So yeah. Henry back and a softer pass defense schedule uh, it could be it could be a great year for Philip Rivers. In could fact, I, I I might only bet I'm only might bet quarterback fucking stats for this division. <laughs> Rivers passing yards, it's like 4,300. 4, oh, yeah. That's, that's I a think good he look. could get there. Yeah. Um, especially if, uh, I mean, we haven't mentioned Melvin Gordon. Um, I don't know if he matters 
much. Uh, I feel sad for the state of the running back position in terms of league-wide compensation, but it is what it is. And your role, you know, is not necessarily first in the pecking order of what matters in today's NFL. So sorry about that. But, um, you know, do you, are we expecting to see him this season and does it matter? Maybe not. They got pretty good depth at that position. It it helps. I mean, it helps to have both guys, but yeah, I like them both. Melvin Gordon's great. He was great in the red zone. He's a great player. It'd be good to have him back. He helps. He helps the run game. He helps the pass game. I mean, he's he's a he's a solid player. Hopefully, they just get that sorted out. I think he missed he missed games last year too. Yeah, right for sure. Yeah, um, he missed like four yeah, or five yeah, games yeah. last. Yeah, yeah, Jack, Jackson so, stepped in and they still won twelve games. Game. Yeah, I think he. I think Melvin Gordon was not in the Chiefs game that they won, but that miraculous uh, that miraculous oh, yeah. referee assisted game winning touchdown drive two point conversion. Um, he was not in that game at Arrowhead. Um, okay. Well, I had kind of only been looking at the positives with the Chargers all offseason in terms of wanting them to be the heir apparent to the AFC West um, and kind of had always had the only thing in the negative column was they don't have home field advantage because they play at a soccer stadium with uh, 12,000 of the opposing team's fans there to cheer against them, um, which is a bad setup for a home game. It's not how you want to necessarily uh, accrue an advantage. Um, and so all of this kind of you know, the way that their offseason has metastasized here and kind of doing a deeper dive into their coaching tendencies has really cooled me on these guys, um, which kind of brings us back to, okay, their schedule. Yes, they play. Yeah, it's they similar. Play, they, it's similar, similar opponents and similar sequencing as the uh, Chiefs. Um, but the two key games that might decide the AFC West are kind of both in favor of the Chiefs. Number one, their week 11 tilt. Uh, is at Mexico City, thin air for the you know the guy who can chuck it out of the damn stadium, uh, and um, further travel for the Chargers home game against the Chiefs in Mexico yeah, City, uh, and then um, week seventeen they got to go at Arrowhead in the uh, in the brutal cold. This is like one of the very few true warm weather teams in a cold weather spot in a really meaningful spot uh, week seventeen to probably uh, potentially decide the AFC West. Um, and I think, you know, all this really does take what might have been closer to a 50-50 toss-up who wins this division and makes it pretty clearly the uh, the Chiefs to lose. Do you disagree? No, I don't disagree. And also as far as, you know, their home games are not real home games. Their fan base is not showing up. It's a soccer stadium that holds like 22,000 people. And amongst the home games that aren't pretend, air quote, home games in Mexico City, they host the Colts the Steelers, the Packers, the Vikings. I mean, it's... it's those are some... Yeah, so, those are so yeah, bad. Those are, those are bad. That, that's bad. That's, you know, that, there are, are some... Oh, there's, I don't want to say... Nothing's a gimme, but you do on get the Raiders field, twice. On the yeah. neutral field, those are coin flip games, and now you have 12,000 Steelers fans, 12,000 Packers fans, 12,000 Vikings fans up your ass. Like, that's, that's not good. Yeah, if you think... Week 15, people aren't going to be excited to get their happy ass out of Minneapolis and head down to, <laughs> head down to Southern California. 
Like you're right. There, there could be like you know we joke about this. There could be a lot of Vikings fans. Like that's the perfect trip. You know how awful it is week fifteen up here. Like you'll see a lot of jerseys at Minneapolis St. Paul Airport that weekend as they're all heading down to uh, watch a football game in a soccer stadium. So yeah, I'm cool. I'm cool on them. Um, they are a wait and see team though. If if some of those offensive tendencies fix themselves, I do put them. You know they're similar. I'd say they're very similar as far as a solid quarterback, solid weapons around it, a good offensive line, good receiving backs, and just, I mean, the, the coaching is what holds them back. If the coaching changes, some of the some of the aggressiveness comes into play. Yeah. Uh, I think this could be a really good offense, with a, even without Derwin James. It's a better defense in Kansas City. They have a yeah. leg oh, up yes. there. Oh, I mean, yes. the, the huge oh, leg yes. down. Oh, yes. Yeah, it's a great defense. The, the the huge leg down is leg down. I don't even know if that's a saying. It's the opposite of a leg up. <laughs> but the, the coaching stuff hurts him so much. So if we, yeah. see some, if we see some changes early, let's see some aggressive play at home against Indy to start the season, and then that offense just runs up and down the field, up in Ford Field there. Is that what they call it still in Detroit? Sure. Sure. That's another one. You get an indoor game there. Yeah. Yeah, that'll be a fun one. I'm yeah. excited, but if if I see some changes there, I'm not going to be afraid to hop on the bandwagon and look at them as a buy team, betting them as far as uh you know game to game and maybe even grabbing some some late futures there. Yeah, okay, I'm 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 feeling this. Um, and you know we know they're road tested, right? Like, like we know that. Uh, but again, you know their last fucking their last week 17 they're at KC. So if they get the wild card spot, they're screwed again. You're not going at KC Week 17 and then winning three road games in the AFC to get to the Super Bowl. Oh, yeah. You go at, at KC and then what? Go play yeah. at Indianapolis the next week? Or yeah, at, at KC, Pittsburgh, at, at Baltimore. Baltimore. <laughs> oh, at, at, and then at New England again. At I mean, Cleveland. it's set up. Yeah, it's set up for a, a full-on rerun of last season's playoff deal. Like, this is, this is wild. Um, okay, well... So, so I think at this point, what we're saying is the AFC West is just tightly lined, right? Like we're saying basically 11 and five chiefs should have the advantage in the AFC West, 10 and six chargers. Yeah, maybe yeah, I think, go I right. think you, you do see a regression and it, it might only take 11 wins. Well, the AFC, they, they everybody, both, they both everybody have has, schedules. They yeah, they have, have tougher schedules, schedules. Both. And, and people might figure out the Chiefs a little more going back to them and just all the cold water I just threw on the on the Chargers, maybe having a little bit of aggression. So I it wouldn't surprise me if these two teams won like 10 and 11 with the uh, 11 winning the division. Maybe not getting that not getting that one seed this year, having to go to Foxborough, to let's say to Cleveland. I'm still, as much as I hated what Baker Mayfield did today, being a little bitch, but I'm I'm kind of all in on I'm all in on an AFC title game in Cleveland. Yeah, it'd be sweet. Was that in okay. Cleveland the the Broncos game? Where was that? Way way back. That's before our time. I have to look uh, that up. The drive. Yeah, I think yeah, it was in Cleveland. I'm pretty sure it was. Um, okay, good memories for you, Cleveland fans. So that's the top half. We think that the lines makers in the market pretty much has them right. Is that fair to say? Except yeah, for, we dropped. Except for passing yards potentially for Philip Rivers, and except for passing touchdowns potentially for Patty Mahomes, which will uh, which look a hair low. Yeah, there's a yeah super obviously we don't have to tell you this super hard line of demarcation in this division. You got two teams that 
win totals are lined at ten and a half, and then we have like six and a half, seven, and five and a half, six. So there's clearly the haves and the have-nots. And who finished third last year? Was it Denver? Broncos. Yes. Broncos. Where there, there's some optimism amongst fans. Getting the lead quarterback. And Broncos left some wins on the field last year. They did. I don't think you can look at their record and say that was a, what were they, 7-9? and nine? I don't think you can look at their record and say that was for sure a 7-9 team. Were they, they were 6-10. Six and, six and yeah. Their they, they left. I had their Pythag higher. Um, I don't know what yours is, but I have the Football Outsiders at 7.4. Yeah, I'm at 7.3. Yeah, I'm at 7.3. I'd like to find their one-score game. I'm going to find that while you're talking. But, uh, yeah, the, the, I mean, they had a couple nice surprises at running back. Even They with lost Case a Keenum. ton of one-score games. Yes. Right out of the gate, they were losing one-score games. This was, like, my biggest correct prediction that wasn't, you know, halfway through the season as I was watching. Like, Case Keenum not working out. I was all in on that. So, I was pretty proud that he sucked, which... Good job making some money, and he's on to – this could be his fourth team he'll start for in four years, which I don't think has ever been done if he does end up starting. So they moved on to Flacco, and I don't know. what. It, give me your opinion on that quick. New coach, new quarterback, both. Yeah. Uh, Vance Joseph was having the time of his life until he went three and six going into his bye week uh, with a bunch of losses that should have been wins, including the loss to the Texans. Uh, including the loss to the Rams, 23-20. Texans was 19-17. And then the loss to the Chiefs, I still, that was on Keno, not on Vance. Um, But the first loss to the Chiefs where they were home and they, on Monday Night Football, and they lost 27-23. They they had that game if Keno makes an accurate pass in the last minute. Um, Anyway, uh, Flacco, I'm pretty much a hard sell on him. I know that there's been stories circulating about his rejuvenation through the offseason and that he feels slated having gotten the boot in Baltimore last year. And he's redoubled down and rededicated himself to being a top tier NFL quarterback again. And I'm not believing that because I never really did believe in him as a quarterback. I think he caught lightning in a bottle at the right time with a set of pretty amazing and diverse weapons. Uh, And you know, parlayed that into more money than he was actually worth and that crippled his franchise. So congratulations, Joe Flacco, for that. Um, You were shown the door at the appropriate time for, you know, a dynamic quarterback of the future and Lamar Jackson, and I think all of that was fair. Um, John Elway cannot evaluate the quarterback position full stop. Um, He nailed one. (laughs) I mean, he could have let... Any of it. I don't know. Does he have grandkids? I mean, he could have let his youngest grandchild pick that. Oh, like, we should sign Peyton Manning. Like, that was kind of a no-brainer. But, yeah, outside of that, it has been rough. And now he's going to a super, super worn-out retread, which, yeah, I'm not sold on it either. Like, that, there is something to be said for that postseason. That was... There are much more memorable postseason teams, but his postseason run, especially when you compare it to the rest of his career, like that was that was something. Like that was something else. He didn't throw an interception through the whole postseason. He got paid. You're probably right. It did kind of fuck the franchise in the long run, but I don't know. They got their they got their chip. So whatever. 
and here we are now. Yep. 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 Um, yeah, it's weird that the Peyton Manning era in Denver has had a shadow over the franchise, but, um, you know, John Elway's stewardship of the franchise has not been great, really, top to bottom. Um, he had a pretty good draft last year. Um, Philip Lindsay looks like a hit. Uh, Sutton looks like a hit. Um, Chubb is a hit. Uh, this follow-up draft, though, looks pretty questionable again. Um, you know, they passed up on some pretty blue, you know, obvious blue-chip players trading down, um, which may bite them. Uh, taking Drew Locke uh, looks like it's going to be a, a you know a project, a development project that could take a while, and I don't know if they have a staff in place that I would really count on to develop a quarterback. Um, and yeah, the you know as as questionable as it was to um, bring Flacco in and expect him to be a savior this year for a franchise that has loads and loads of kind of top tier talent on the defensive side of the ball that are getting up in age. Um, it's weird to pair him with Flacco and think that this was going to be a team that could compete for a playoff spot. I think. What's your Vic Fangio take? Yeah, I mean that's uh, that's going to be my big hard take from anywhere last season going into this season. I said it; it's recorded; it's somewhere on a podcast. I'm not sure we can find it, but we were very high on what I the Bears were doing. We should find that because I said, "Man, this Bears defense! Someone's going to hire Vic Fangio, and it's going to be a huge mistake." And sure, <laughs> sure enough, when we don't know if the second half will come through yet, but I'm I'm not super excited about the the coaching group here either. Scantarello, Ed Donatello. I mean, it's all it's a complete start over at this point. So I guess it's super hard to you know kind of give them grades yet. We haven't seen shit, but uh, yeah, Vic Fangio. I feel like he's an old school guy. He's a defensive guy. I'm not super excited about starting starting with a defensive head coach and an old worn out quarterback. I don't know how long Denver's going to do this where they bring in whatever they can pick up on the free agent market and for quarterback. It didn't work last year. It might not work this year. And yeah, Von Miller's not getting any younger. They, they did have a really good defense. The defense should have been better. But uh, it, it was kind of tough, I guess, last year was when the offense wasn't doing uh, any part of its part. But they have some good covers or good corners. They have obviously great outside rush, a couple decent linebackers. And then, yeah, the Freeman and uh, who's the other who's the other running back there that I can't think of? Philip Lindsay. Philip Lindsay, yes. I mean, the, both those guys flashed. They have some decent receivers. Sanders, we'll see. Um, another another team, another rookie line or rookie tight end from Iowa. I don't know how many times we're going to do that this preseason. <laughs> I'm All the time. Yeah. Every time. Uh, I'm I'm still high on Sutton. A lot of us were high on Sutton last year, but I think it's just a case of not having the right scheme and the right quarterback. And this team floundered. Yeah, six wins is not great. Obviously, we said they should have won a little more, but even ceiling for this team, if if things would have shook out their way. I mean, eight and eight, they weren't going anywhere. It's true. So, uh, I get what, what would make you hopeful that they can make a leap? I don't think there's anything that's going to make them leap into playoff contention. And I guess, would it be even good? Would it be good for the team long term? Eight and eight don't get you much. Eight and eight gets you a bad draft pick. 
and maybe some good feelings throughout the season if you win some games against some teams you shouldn't have. But, uh, I mean, their ceiling's not like 10. So I don't think playoffs are really a realistic expectation. Uh, I mean, if, if you think it, if you think they are, there's probably a big number on that. I got to look that up right now. It looks like I have AFC West twice, damn it. Yeah, I mean, you know, there's 13 to 1 to win the division. Playoffs have got to be 5, 6, 7 to 1, something like that. It's not a realistic expectation. If, if you think they're going to overperform, it's probably an alt, alt over. You know, you can get plus 250 on 8.5 if you think it's a, a decent team. The schedule doesn't shake out uh, all that different. I mean, they, again, they have we're a murderer's gonna be, we're row. Gonna, yeah, we're going to be listening. Look at yeah, that we're going to be listing throw. the same teams because of the the crossover, and the crossover is a super tough part. And it's then bad. also the it's, divisional it's really games. Tough, yeah, yeah you really get tough. the Chargers, Chargers twice. You get the Chiefs twice. You get the Browns. You get Indy. You get Minnesota. You get Green Bay. You get Chicago. Yeah, yeah don't tough. don't don't bet that over. What was I thinking? No, even it's very 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 even, tough. Even Houston is kind of a bad matchup for them. Yeah, and a bunch of spots suck. <laughs> a bunch of them are terrible. Um, they might be frisky as dogs to cover in some games. That may be the only time I bet the, the but even then, like, uh, yeah, I, I, there, there's way, 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 way too much about this team that I'm just completely uninspired by. Like the, the silver linings about your, in your, with you, with your offensive line and your running game, um, they really don't translate to wins in my opinion. Um, and your, you know, the strengths of your team, which is your dynamic pass rush, you know, if you're facing a quarterback who's getting the ball out of his hand quickly, like, so what? <laughs> right? Like, great. Good job. You've been completely neutralized and you're going to play a lot of good quarterbacks this year. This is, this is, there's like a, this is a, this is a tough murderer's row here. Um, you got to go at the Packers, home for the Jags, at the Chargers, home for the Titans, and then heading into your bye, Chiefs, Colts, Brents. That is brutal. Um, I think by the time we get to their bye week, we're going to know what this team is. They're going to be in the, I don't know, three and six range. Uh, and then during their bye week, it's a matter of, okay, who are how, you know, we're out of the playoff chase. We got to evaluate our personnel. Do we want to see Drew Locke take reps? Uh, and you probably see Flacco get benched. I mean, if they're three and six at the bye week, is Flacco done? Flacco under 3,200 yards? Must start week one. Uh, excuse me, thirty-two hundred. Thirty-two hundred. Oh there's a. Th- I'm, I'm developing a bit of a theme here. Well, I like but, that look a lot. Yeah, that's especially if you can, you know, God, God willing, Drew Lock doesn't go out there and get hurt, and they have to put him right back in. But I think, yeah, Drew if, Locke, if, did, if, did Drew Lock break his thumb? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we gotta double check on this. Might have we get, we down. Oh yeah, yeah, he sprained it. He's he gonna miss some guy. time, but like he's gonna miss the preseason, so that's gonna suck okay. for reps. That he's gonna get, but you know, we're talking, you know, week seven, eight, nine, ten, somewhere in there. If if this team is just off the rails, maybe you start looking at getting in some reps because Flacco's obviously not your long term. You know, it's not your long-term solution. Yeah, no, no, no. If you're three and six, yeah. yeah. If you're three and six at your bye week, you're starting to groom lock. You're starting to get him some first-team snaps in practice. Your next, two, your next five games, four of them on the road. Uh, so it is entirely likely that uh, 
that Flacco gets the old hook at some point as this season turns into, um, you know, maybe we get to five wins, maybe we get to six, but we certainly aren't looking at an eight and eight season here as far as I can tell you. You want to guess what his touchdowns, his touchdown over under is? For Flacco? Yeah. I personally would put it at like 18 and a half or 19. (laughs) What is it? It's 16 and a half. 15 cents either side. Yeah. Uh, The yards is a much better look. Yeah. No, that's a scary one to go under. I would, 3,200. Obviously, he didn't play the whole season last year, so it's kind of hard to base it. He only threw for like 2,400 yards, but he, uh, he missed some time at the end there. I could, I could be convinced in betting a quarterback prop in every team in this, uh, in this division right now, because I'm kind of bought in on that. I'm bought in on, on the, your little theory there. Either, either he has such a horrendous season that he stays under the number, even in 16 games, or he gets the hook for, uh, trying to start something new. So that's, yeah, that's where I'm, that's kind of where I'm at in Denver. I'd, I'd like to see, I'd like to see him get a turnaround here. But they're going to need to let somebody else figure out the quarterback situation. Yeah, there's going to be some quarter. There's going to be some quarterbacks to be drafted in the next couple of years. So if yep. Locke doesn't turn out, they they almost need a tank season. Speaking like said, of drafting, a nobody likes eight and eight. <laughs> Speaking of drafting a quarterback, your basement of the FC West, Oakland Raiders. Uh, do they draft a quarterback as they head out to Vegas next year? I think so. We're kind of jumping right to the conclusion here. Um, but I guess, how have we covered the Raiders to this point? Um, we don't think Gruden really knows what he's doing. Uh, we don't think Mayock necessarily knows what he's doing. We don't think bad for Derek Carr. I don't know. It's just a bad setup. I mean, we. I mean, this is fish frost from the head. Like, uh, Mark Davis is, what, Rank him among the owners. Bottom five, pretty obviously. Yeah, in just management, success, and haircuts. You yes. know, they did when they got their yeah. Balco Super Bowl, but I yeah. don't know. Yeah, we, we shouldn't know that he has a proclivity for P.F. Chang's. Like, that's not a good thing you want to know about your NFL team owner. Um, P.F. Chang's kind of sucks. <laughs> and expressed. Especially when you're in the freaking Bay. You know how good the freaking, you know how good the, 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 um, the Asian cuisine is? The Asian yes. cuisine is. It's so good. <laughs> oh, anyway. No, I anyway. Killer we sushi out there. We, we do digress. We, um, so, are we, so yeah, are we, De- Derek Carr, we're not, we're not by, we're not by. Let, let me let me go. Let me go to this. Yeah, I mean, okay, they well, did yeah. they did have some cap space. I mean, we don't have to talk about you know they signed Antonio Brown, obviously, but Trent Brown, Tyrell Williams, Lamarcus Joyner, Richie Incognito, Fontes Perfect. Boy, there's some problems there. Maybe <laughs> Brandon Marshall, Luke. Rose. I mean, they, they did they did sign. They had a lot of cap space. They used it. Oh, and boy. if any, if you're if you've been living under a rock, maybe just go catch up on Hard Knocks and Twitter quick. But I don't. We're not going to get too in depth into Helmet Gate and Frozen Foot Gate and so everything else. And I mean, we might not even talk about Derek Carr crying on the field last year. <laughs> okay, but let's talk about Derek Carr for a second. Yes, let's talk about Antonio. <laughs> he put together 
one. I don't even remember at this point. It was so far ago, and it was such a weak time in the NFL for quarterbacks that he just was in the right place at the right time where he did just enough to get an absolutely stupid payday from a franchise that really didn't have a very strong direction at that time, at that point in time. Flash forward to uh, the offensive line and the skill position players around him get older, degrade. He starts to face significantly more pressure up the middle, which he cannot handle. And he gets happy feet. He makes terrible decisions. He threw some of the most horrific interceptions. And like, and, and it's weird because like, you know, it's like, uh, what's what's the famous line about porn? Like, you know, it when you see it, like, you know, a bad quarterback when you see it, right? You like, you can you see the passes in the decision making, yeah, and you know, his footwork it's bad. sucks. He's tentative. Right. He's, he's his head isn't scanning the field. It's it's shooting all over the place. His eyes are all over the place. His feet, his footwork sucks. And right, yeah, right. He makes you can see decisions. him telling himself in his head, "Don't make a bad decision. Don't make. Don't throw it to that guy. Don't throw it to that guy. Don't." Oh crap! I threw it to that guy. Like yeah, he's it, thinking it's, about it. It's cra- it's crazy. It's crazy. I and, do have a note here, and it yeah. just says simply Tom Cable. That doesn't help. I I don't know where I pulled this from, but yeah. Tom Cable's somehow getting work still. Um, Before before they hired him, the Raiders' offensive line ranked third, fourth, first, and seventh in pass protection. And then they hired Cable, and it fell to 25th. I don't think he's the best best offensive line he's ever coached. Finished 20th. Oh, my God. Tom Cable has no business as a coach in the NFL, let alone an offensive line coach in a city where he had, you know, he left with his tail between his legs after it turned out he got into a fight with an assistant coach. Like he would, do you remember the first Tom Cable era in Oakland, right? Like I'm not imagining this. Am I? No, like, those, those offensive lines back here. Those offensive lines. His first stint was from 07 to 10. Those lines rank 27th, 30th, 31st, and 26th in pass protection. He wasn't good the first time. He wasn't good in Seattle. He came down here and made made the squad worse. And here he is. He's still around. So it's, actually, you know what? having he, a bad pass protection yeah. offensive yeah, line and a injury prone quarterback, like how are we supposed to be? How are we supposed to be like bear or bullish? Parish bullish ah, on on all these pieces they added. How <laughs> yeah, are we supposed not, to be excited about Antonio Brown and you know Hunter Renfro and some of the pieces they added through free agency trades in the draft? They added a lot of pieces. They had a lot of money to spend. They didn't have a terrible draft. But how am I supposed to be excited when the offensive line sucks? The I didn't coach think their draft is I mean, they had a lot. It, it was it was good just was because volume. they had a, it was yeah, a because they had a lot of picks and honestly next yeah. year will be even better as far as volume. Yeah, I, I didn't I didn't mind it just being I mean taking a running back in the first round isn't super optimal. But they had three first round picks. They had four picks in the top forty. You're gonna have uh, an okay looking draft just based off volume. So I, I have trouble even getting excited about any of that if I was a fan just because of all the issues they have at quarterback, offensive line coaching and then the schedule the schedule sucks like if denver gets their shit together this is an 0 and 7 start it's that, wild for sure like it, it could it could get off the rails in a hurry and then 
Oh, God, this is a fun one. I want you to guess their leading receiver from last year. Uh, it was uh, the tight end. Yeah. Jared, Jared, Jared Cook. Yeah. Yeah. This was a weird team. It'll probably it be a weird team like that again. Where's Who knows? Can you remind me where Cook is now? He's being featured. Ooh, he went to New Orleans. He New, went Orleans. To New Orleans. That's right. That's right. That's right. Okay. Whatever. Cody um, Nelson okay. retired. I mean, they, they, <laughs> they lost. I mean, they lost a lot of their skill position players. I think they probably upgraded in a few spots. I'm high sure. on Hunter Renfro as a pro. Sure. Okay. So, they did. They did not address the interior of their offensive line, though. Richie Incognito nope. is not the answer at guard. And you know, it's it's funny because we started off this podcast talking about how there's been some amazing work recently. PFF and Adam, uh, what's Adam Harstead? His piece was freaking awesome too. Yeah, um, elephant. Talk, yeah, talking about uh, how quarter, you know, sacks are a quarterback stat. Well. I got bad news for you. Tom Cable specifically challenges that you know, that hypothesis, and maybe just it's that you know, you know, generally stated this that's a true statement. Quarterback sacks are a quarterback stat, but there are outlier offensive lines that are so bad that just you know that completely you know completely dominate the signal of when you're that bad. So, but anyway, anyway, um, I don't have high hopes for this team. Their schedule is absolute hell. If they lose. At home, week one to the Broncos. I agree. 0-7 is staring them in the face. Um, Not having a home game between September 15th and November 3rd is pretty fucking wild. (laughs) You're going going half the month of September and all of October not playing in Oakland. Um, We talked about this a little on the schedule. Yeah, we did. Go back to the schedule podcast if you want. Their schedule sucks. It's bad. Like, and, I don't yeah. know if the league set him up for the number one pick going into Vegas, but if I had my tinfoil hat on, it wouldn't take a lot to convince me otherwise. Yeah, or and to like, convince I'll, me of that rather. Sure, it's, sure. It's such a brutal schedule. What if? I mean, what if the? You know, what if Flacco plays okay early and you do start zero and seven? Then you, I mean, Stafford's no slouch. Even though Detroit's probably one of the easier games, Cincinnati is probably the easiest spot on the schedule. The Jets are kind of on an upward trend. You got Kansas City, the Chargers twice each. Yeah, and it, yeah, it's the same points, thing. You know, Bears, yeah. Bears, Vikings, Bears, Vikings, Packers, Colts. Yeah, this is two, three wins are <laughs> two, super yeah. likely. Two, two problems with this. Number one. Um, you're on, you have one foot out the door in Oakland anyway. Um, a lot of the Raider faithful kind of said their goodbye last year anyway. Um, if you're 0 and 7 making your grand return to home to play the Lions, I'm not sure what kind of effort you're going to get out of that crowd who you're about to walk out on who's watching a dead team. Uh, and if you're 0 and 7 at that point, um, and you've already kind of seen what you needed to see from Derek Carr, and he's not lighting the world on fire with your new flashy weapon in Antonio Brown, then it's time to think about getting that first pick. It's very much time to think about that. And you may be incentivized to continue to lose. Um, I wouldn't bet on that as an angle, like speculating that that's how this will go. And, you know, generally, like when you try to, th- when you think that's how it will go, you tend to shoot yourself in the dick a little bit. But, um, John Gruden still is not a coach that I have a special, you know, especially high faith in that he understands how to win in the current, you know, current iteration of the NFL. Uh, and Derek Carr is a quarterback that I have no problem slotting in sort of the bottom five of current starters in the NFL. So easy, easy, easy team to look past when it comes to winning the division and um, getting their win total over. Um, 
any we, any reason to to sprinkle an alt under, or did I scare you off that just with that last sort of? Who knows what'll happen? No, I like. Is I'm, this a three? This I'm, is I'm this kind is of a three and, on, This is a three and thirteen yeah. team, isn't it? Yeah, I'm just the, the schedule sucks so hard for them. I'm trying to find. I'm trying to find any silver lining. I didn't write down very many nice things about them. Like I, in the same way that I tried to find some cold water for the Chiefs offense or Mahomes in general, I tried to find anything good. And I mean, the good things are all the pieces they added. They had all that cap space, and maybe fumble luck. Fumble. If I'm grasping at straws here, they only recovered seven out of twenty-one fumbles on offense, and only three out of ten on defense. So. If fumble luck is enough to turn this season around, how are they getting yeah, five wins? They are. How am I? How I mean, am I losing? How am I losing an under four and a half at plus one seventy nine? I mean, what are the, what the, are the five the, wins on here? The Denver would have to flounder hard. They'd have to take both Denver games. They'd have to beat the Lions at home. They'd have to beat the Bengals at home, and then maybe uh, Tennessee. Ten, Tennessee <laughs> doesn't four. pan out. I mean, the, the Jets and Tennessee. They got to go two. Uh, New York to play the Jets. Uh, I'm assuming that'll be if that's a if that's a noon game. That's a tough it's a, spot. Yeah, it's an early. It's an early. And then uh, maybe maybe Tennessee flounders. But I mean they'd have to win all those games because they they just don't feel like the team that has one of those surprise games where they they go to Lambeau and win or you know they go up to Lucas Oil or T, down TCF Bank US Bank Stadium and win. There's certainly, it's not going to be a good matchup against Kansas City and LA. Like they need both Denver wins, they need Detroit, Cincinnati, and then one of the Jets or Tennessee, Jacksonville at home. Maybe if we're not sold on the pieces around Foles. So I mean, there's six games that have a chip chair and a chance, and they they need like all of them almost. So that's it's super tough to see this team getting their season win total. It's one of those things where. You, you can't it's it's not college you're not going to set a season win total at two and a half or one and a half if it's like kansas of years past so <laughs> I'm, I'm i'm super not afraid of a an alt under here okay alt under four and a half oakland is the only win total we're advocating for on this podcast at plus 179 uh boy um i would lean under if it's anything over four thousand. Yeah, it's 40, 4,100 essentially. I guess the question 40. is: are, the question is, are they going to force him to start sixteen games, even if it's going poorly? Right? He had a broken back, man. Uh, like, what? What do you put the odds on him getting hurt and missing even one game? Are? Uh, I'd line that even. I'm crying. <laughs> I'd line that minus two hundred. <laughs> yes, <laughs> his mascara runs in a in a in a game on live TV. Minus 200, yes. Um, okay. Well, are we at, uh, should we wrap this? We say, uh, what, what do you, what would you, what of these do you feel the most confident in? Um, Mahomes, yards over. Well, Mahomes, uh, touchdowns over. I'm sorry. That's, Mahomes, yeah, sorry. Mahomes, touchdowns over. Uh, like Rivers, yards block. over. Flacco, yards under. Or, uh, or Carr, yards under. Which, is, which of those four quarterback props sings to you the most? 
I really like that Mahomes touchdown under, even with under, like a th- under, that's, that's, no, 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 over, 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 yeah, over. Obviously, that's like a thirty percent regression. Granted, it was a historic year, but man, it feels like 35, 35 is a floor, and that's a hard floor. So I think over under, 30. over under one and a half no look touchdown passes. Oh, that's a under. Hopefully, he gets that. Don't do that. <laughs> it's not. You're not Steph Curry. <laughs> he kind of kind of is though. Um, I know okay. it. Okay. Um let's wrap this up. Good podcast. Eleven and five Chiefs take the division, probably in the driver's seat for a bye. Um, maybe not the one seed, but definitely could get the one seed. Um Chargers with the right coaching adjustments potentially frisky for the West, more likely a wild card team at ten and six. And then Broncos, Raiders. Try again next year, six and ten, three and thirteen for those yeah, two guys. Hopefully, hopefully your team does really, really, really bad, gets a high draft pick, and when we're talking previews next year, we're we're high on you know your rebuild as a sneaky team to make the playoffs and start the next chapter because these are both storied franchises with multiple Super Bowl wins. There's a you know there's more Super Bowl wins in the bottom half. Yeah, the greatness teams. of the Raiders is not that far behind us. Yes. Um, so, but it be, is way in the future. <laughs> yeah, that's tough. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. All right, man. Good stuff by you. Um, what about the Raiders' last ever home game? By the way, real quick before we wrap. Oh, last ever home know. game in Oakland. You think they can win that one? At Jacksonville. Week, it's week fifteen. They're home versus Jacksonville. Week fifteen. That's Maybe weird. That is. Maybe that is a weird spot to pack them. Everybody will be talking about it. Let's do that one early. Well, because because the reason I bring it up, people won't realize it because it's week fifteen. Yeah, do you so, know what I mean. Like it, like it'll take it'll take until like the Friday of the news cycle until people realize it. Yeah, cut this, Jesus. What are you doing? Giving away all the <laughs> all the angles we're gonna bet. So, all right. Well, we'll be back right, later this week for another one. Okay. Uh, well, I'm not even gonna tell you what it is. We'll do it eventually. Okay. Cool, 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 cool. All right, see ya. All right. See ya.